You are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. Well, uh, we've been preaching on a series throughout this year, a vision that we feel that the Lord has, not just for this year for the church, but really from, from the time our church was founded, but it felt right for this year to preach a series of messages on this. And that's the vision of our church on the side there. Go make disciples. We're missing the one from back here. Oh, there. Marty's standing in front of it. Go make disciples. If there's, that's okay, Marty. You make a better door than a window, brother, but that's okay. Hey, or pain, or a pain's a pain. No, no, he said it, I didn't. You're not a pain, brother, we love you. And uh, we've been preaching out of the book of Jonah in this particular series right now. We started something new. And uh, we're going to give it a go with the notes. Oh, thank you for that. That's great. Does it work? Let me try the clicker. Does it go all the way there? It does. It's so awesome. Yay. All right. So this is part two of a message I started a few weeks back. It said, so if you want to encapsulate the message of Jonah, it's in, I got the three words from Greg Laurie and I added the fourth one. So these are the four words that encapsulate the message of Jonah. Go! No! Oh! So! So of course, God is saying go. Noah says no. So God is surprised. Oh, we're going to do something about that. So here's what's going to happen. So we're going to, it's been a while, it's been about three weeks since I started the message. So we're going to go through the scripture again. It's such a great story and there's a lot of new people in the house. So great. I forgot I've got this. This is great. So follow with me in the word. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Even in the Old Testament, there was a go and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. How many how many runners have we got in the house? Yeah, you're honest with me. I'm, I'm one of the runners. It's true. It's true. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port of Tarshish. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind. Everyone say great. In other words, it wasn't just a... It was a... Okay, great wind on the sea. And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried to his own lowercase g, God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship, but Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God, lowercase g. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? It's a lot of questions. He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. So that word Lord, or the word God, is the word Yahweh. 
So there's a lot of God. You see the word God? That's why they had to change it to lowercase g is not Yahweh. It was whatever God that they were worshiping. Nimrod, uh, not Nimrod, one of the other gods of, of that time period. There's a lot of gods they worshiped. But he's saying, I worship Yahweh, the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea come down for us? Pick me up. Throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. This guy's got tickets on himself, right? It's all about me. That's why the storm came and I'm the cure. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. How much wilder do you have to get when the sea is so bad that the ship threatens to break up? It began like that, and it got worse. It's getting real bad. Then they cried out to the, it's not the lowercase g, this is Yahweh. Oh, Yahweh, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, oh, Yahweh, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared Yahweh, the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice to Yahweh, not their God, lowercase g, and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. When I was sharing this a few weeks ago, it was in lead up to Easter. We're talking about the two key things, just two points that I was able to get out in that time that we had. It's it's uh, several things that I want to talk about this morning, and if you're taking notes and you're, as a bit of a reminder, the first thing we talked about is this. God's mercy is greater than your sin. You know, we have people that will barely come to church because truth is they realize that they have been living lives that they feel has fallen short of God's glory. They don't feel even worthy to be in the house of God. Some of you may be feeling that this morning. You've dragged yourself out here, perhaps reluctantly, perhaps someone invited you to come here, but deep down inside you're thinking, I don't deserve to be in this house of God. I don't deserve to be here. I can barely even lift my head. I started watching this uh, movie, Son of God, that's on Netflix. There's some really good stuff there. And it's fantastic how seeing the, the portrayal of Jesus in this character, as he's looking at Matthew, the tax collector, and people were jeering at him that he was even having a conversation with the tax collector. And Jesus went on with that story where he says, a Pharisee and a tax collector went to pray to the Lord. The Pharisee said, oh God, I'm thankful that I'm not like that text collector, that, that heathen, that pagan, that man who sins against you. I thank you that I'm saved. And the tax collector, the Bible says, didn't even look up to heaven, but he says, oh God, I'm not even worthy to be in your house today, but I'm thankful for you. And Jesus goes on to say, and who do you think uh, Jesus accepted more, the Pharisee? Or the tax collector. And he said, the tax collector. It's not about what position you hold. And you may have a history of doing great things for the Lord. Hey, that's great. But if pride begins to creep in, when you think you're better than other people, when your ministry is more important than people, 
God sees a sinner more than he sees a person who's saved. As a church at Live, here at Live City Church, we're not putting tickets on ourselves. We're all saved by grace. And that's why when someone makes a decision for Jesus at Live City Church, we party like it's 1999. <laughs> Those of you that know what I'm talking about, God bless you. My age group, all the kids are like, what is that you're talking about? All I can say is the, the artist formerly known as Prince. Look it up. You'll like it. God's mercy is greater than your sin. You know you cannot unsin God's mercy. There's nothing you can do that God can't forgive if you genuinely are saying, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I failed to live up to your standards. I know you want more. It's okay. If you start feeling like that, God's mercy is greater than anything you've ever done in your past. I know as I'm preaching this message, even to myself, you need to understand, when I preach messages, I'm preaching to myself. I realize some of the things that we've done, some of the compromises that we've made, even the moments when we think that we're really saved. I, I think I shared this story, but for those of you that don't know, I remember, I know, it was one time in my life, I don't know why the Lord allowed me to go down this journey, but I was thinking, I'm pretty holy. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't stolen anything. I haven't committed any immorality that I'm aware of. I'm a pretty good person. It lasted for about 30 seconds. And then the Lord began speaking to me. That, that pencil, that, that pen that's in your drawer at home, who does that belong to? Oh, the company I work for. Does it belong to you? No. What's it doing at home? You stole it. Oh, God. And when you wanted that person's car, you thought, wow, that's a really nice car. I'd really like to have that car. You envied. You coveted your neighbor's property. Oh, Oh, God. And when you were checking your emails during work time, your personal emails, whose time did you steal from? Oh, God. And then I started repenting before God, thinking, I'm such a heathen, just when you think you're doing really well. So can I just make sure that for all the heathens out there, okay, you're in the, you're in the right place, okay? You came home. Welcome to Live City Church. Praise the Lord. God's mercy is greater than your sin. That's why we can stand before you today and say, yay, God. That's why we worship so loudly. Because he's greater than any sin that you can commit. Here's the next thing that we learned a few weeks ago. Oops. God will not always call you to do what you would like to do. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you, I am the Jonah. I'm preaching to myself. I did not want to be a pastor. I'm now a third generation pastor. My dad was a bishop of pastors. His dad was a pastor. Even my mom, she was a, the, the lady's pastor in the church. And her father was a rabbi. Yes. Even there, there was ministry. And so I, I did not want to follow in my dad's footsteps. I saw too many people hurt. I saw ministers who should not have been in ministry destroy people's lives. So I did not come blindly into this. I wasn't like, yes, you deserve a pastor. I should be a pastor in this church. Listen to my golden dulcet tones. My sister will tell you that. There's a lot of flaws in this man. <laughs> By the grace of Jesus, God will not always call you to do what you like to do. I did not want to be a pastor. There's a lot of work that had to go into my life before I was worthy to be called into ministry. And even then, you know, I, I love being in ministry now. Don't get me wrong. But every day, you know, I'm in this point. Jesus said, as often as you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You should all know the prayer. And at the end, it's always this. Forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's a prayer of repentance. How often should you pray? The Bible says, pray always, pray without ceasing, for this is the will of God. How should you pray? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We are not worthy. Day after day, we're just saying, God, set my heart right before you because my own righteousness is like filthy rags before you. I want to be right. I want to be in right standing with you. And then he calls you to do things you don't want to do. You know, when we planted this church, before we planted the church, there was a lot of wrestling going on. My wife, she's over in kids, ministry, kids church today. We're wrestling about this. God, call us to the Gold Coast. <laughs> if you want to plant, if you want us to plant a church, Gold Coast would be really nice. We love the Gold Coast. We holiday in the Gold Coast. How many people love the Gold Coast? Uh, only few of you. What are you, Sunshine Coast people? It's two, three hours away. Okay, we've got some Sunshine Coast people. God bless you. He'll save you soon enough. We love the Gold Coast. It's a mission field out there. Oh, but all those people, all the healing, oh, the mafia's there. You know, oh, you know, the Yakuza are there. It doesn't matter. They need Jesus. The Gold Coast, the theme parks. We love the park. It's great. God will not always call you to. So where do you want me to plant the church, Lord? Red Bank Plains. Can anything good come out of Red Bank Plains? How many Red Bank Plains people are here today? Can I hear a shout out for Jesus? <laughs> oh man, I am so thankful we were called here. We have an incredible ministry here. And uh, it's the most wondrous thing when we see people that are coming to church from this region. And I, I'm one of our champions and heroes in the church is Pete Mack. I'm so sorry I couldn't make it on Friday. Uh, we're knocking on doors in case, I just want to do this every week so you know. What's your next step? Some of you are bored with your Christianity. You've hit a wall and you've gone no further. You're thinking and you're questioning. Some of you not consciously. Is there something more than this? There is. You have to preach the gospel. Jesus said, go make disciples. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. Go make disciples is a command of Jesus. And we have a great hero in Pete and our team that are going on a weekly basis. I'll be with you this Friday, man of God. I will. And knocking on doors, inviting people to come to church, sharing the love of Jesus with them. For others, it may simply just be, hey, come to our community barbecue. We want you to connect with the community. But for us, it's another opportunity just to share the love of Jesus with them. God will not always call you to do what you would like to do. And I love this story because we see such incredible flaws of Jonah. He hated the people of Nineveh so much that he wanted to run away from what God was asking him to do. It's the most incredible thing. When you fast forward in scripture, Jonah chapter 4, it's a very short book. It's really a letter. Four chapters. Jonah chapter 4 verse 2, he says, That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. I want you to send calamity to the Ninevites. They're a wicked people. They don't deserve to be on your map. You should wipe them out. I wonder if as Christians we're sending the same message to all of heaven. When we make this decision, we say, I don't want to share the gospel. I don't want to go knock on doors. I don't want to tell my workmates about Jesus. Because I'm comfortable in my Christianity the way it is. I'm here to warm pews. I'm here to come every week. I'll give some money and send other people to go. But I don't want to go because God has called the evangelist to go. But Jesus says, 
Go make disciples of nations, baptizing them, which we'll do today, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all my commands. What's one of the commands of Jesus? Go make disciples. But we don't. We have access to so much uh, uh, resource out there, podcasts and all. It still hasn't changed our lives. We're still not sharing the gospel. And I think that we've sent a wrong signal to the church because we've left it to this much. That if you make a decision for Jesus at church, you raise your hand, I'm going to do it at the end of the service, give you an opportunity to make a decision for Jesus, invite him into your heart. And we think that once you've done that and said the sinner's prayer, hey, we're saved. <laughs> we made it across the line. Thank you, God. There's nothing more I need to do. Yay, God. If the sum total of our existence on this planet is to make a decision for Jesus and we're saved, you know, there's the great umpire in heaven. I'm thinking of a baseball game. He's got the hood, you know, the mask over his face. He's standing across the finish line, home line. Safe! Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's all good. Now I can live for myself the rest of my life. Enjoy the prosperity of Jesus. If that were the case, God would snap us up and we'd appear in heaven and we'd know, we don't have to survive this planet any longer. The persecution and all the nasty stuff. We don't have to do it any longer. You are safe. You made it. But then you woke up the next morning. You had another day to serve the Lord. Because God has more for you than just this. We gather together on a Sunday morning. Not because we're, in the pro we're doing church. We don't refer to this as church. We refer to this as their church meeting together on a Sunday service. But when you step out of these doors, you are the church. When you go to your workplace, you brought church to your workplace. When you go to college, when you go to school, you brought church to school. Are they seeing church in you? Are they hearing church from you? There used to be a time where, I remember this book was written, you know, lifestyle evangelism. That people will be saved just because of the life that you live for Jesus. The Bible says, how will they know if you don't go? How will they know if you don't tell them about Jesus? Then they'll look at your lifestyle. Oh, you're a Christian, are you? Now they'll examine and see if your lifestyle matches up to the calling of Jesus. Even the world knows better than we do that we're supposed to live a life following Jesus. Yet the church struggles with this one simple command. And we give Jonah a hard time. I want to ask you, what are you running away from? What are you, what are you running f away from? Like, what is the thing that, you see, we think that Jonah is the only one that runs, but God has given us a specific command. Go make disciples. Oh, you don't understand, Pastor. I like the other commands of the Bible. <laughs> you know, that's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> Do not forsake the gathering of believers. I didn't. I came. Hey. It's partial obedience. Is that good enough? Imagine as parents, when you ask your kid, all right, son, I want you to clean up your room. And then you come back, the room is still messy. Son, I asked you to clean up your room. Why didn't you clean up your room? Well, I picked up my pair of undies and put it in the basket. Hey, that's good. But the rest of your room is untidy. Yeah, but I cleaned up one pair of underwear. Should we rejoice in the small things? As parents, you know, that daddy hand starts raising up, son, <laughs> I told you to do it. 
If you're running away from what God's asking you to do, I want to ask you then, what are you running to? If you're running from something, you're running to something, what are you running to? Jonah felt Nineveh deserved God's punishment, God's judgment. God also felt the same way. But Jonah understood that God's judgment wasn't meted out with just violence upon that city. Because ahead of what he was about to do, God sent, a, a, God sent Jonah to bring grace, to bring mercy, to bring the love of God over that nation. But Jonah was blind to God's mercy to him. He forgot that he himself was a sinner saved by the grace of God. And here he is, merciless in judgment of his enemies. I want to tell you, when you are blind to God's mercy in your life, you will be merciless in judging others' lives. When you've forgotten what you are saved from and what you are being saved to, you'll end up neglecting and, and ignoring the great mercy that God has had over your life. And when you are blind to that mercy in your life, it becomes so easy for us to become critical of others. Have a look at Facebook. Have a look at the comments that are made against great godly men and women of God. They're usually made by Christians, not the world. How have we become so careless that we've forgotten the mercy that God showed over our lives that we can become so violent in judging others. I was reading up on the story of the Staines family of which this college is named after. And it's a powerful story of Graham and Gladys Staines. They were a family of five, two boys and a girl and mom and dad. And the story tells us that Graham and his sons were traveling, just doing some evangelistic ministry and happened to sleep in their car at a village and Hindu men came out, these are fundamentalist Hindus, and they trapped these, this family in their car and burnt them alive in their car in 1999. No one could begrudge Gladys and her daughter from leaving the mission field. No one would begrudge them that. I mean, how cruel, how horrible. They're pouring themselves into ministry. You know what they were doing? They were looking after lepers. That was their ministry. They gave up everything in Australia to live in poverty, to look after the lepers. And what do they get in repayment? The Hindus burn them alive in their car. No one would blame Gladys if she came back to Australia straight away because of that. Instead, we find out she stays there five years longer. Do you know why? Because they were building a hospital for lepers. They continued ministering despite the cruelty that was meted out across his family. In 2005, she was awarded the fourth highest civilian honor in India, the Padma Shri, in recognition for her work with leprosy patients. In 2016, just two years ago, she received the Mother Teresa Memorial International Award for Social Justice. And this is what she said as she received the reward, the award. I have forgiven the killers and have no bitterness because forgiveness 
brings healing and our land needs healing from hatred and violence. Jonah was physically 500 miles away from Nineveh, but the port that he was headed for, Tarshish, was 2,500 miles away, as far as he possibly could go. What he didn't understand is when you, when you run away from God, you run into trouble. How many people have run away from church because there was trouble in the church? I can't stand this, oh God. I don't want to be in trouble anymore. I realize your anointing has lifted from this place and I will go to another church in Jesus' name. And sure enough, when you first get to the church, everything's great. You're in honeymoon period. See, I told you we're in a better place. Until your past catches up with you and the trouble arises once again in a new church. Because you still haven't dealt with the trouble where you are presently. Jonah just wanted to see Nineveh so destroyed. He just had no heart for that nation. He hated them. But he didn't understand. With God's mercy, we don't get what we deserve. That's why we celebrate. That's why we worship. You wonder why I jump around in the front and worship? It's not because I'm trying to impress you. I'll tell you right now. I was the kind of guy, my worship time, I grew up in all kinds of backgrounds. Pentecostal with my parents, but I grew up in a boarding school that was very laid back, you know, only piano, organ. Never raise your hands. Sit with your family. So raising hands was a big deal for me the first time I did it. I felt the Lord say, do something. You say you love me. You say that you understand you've been saved by grace. You say that you didn't get what you deserve, but by your very actions outwardly in front of other people, you are embarrassed by me. I said, I'm not embarrassed by you, God. So I'm going to do something to break out of my norm. So in my worship, I began to do the, I'm going to carry the television set. That was a big deal for me. Change my world. Is this what it feels like to openly declare my love and affection for the Lord? Then I thought, I'm going to do the high five. It was a little bit higher than TV. Carry the TV. This is high five now. I'm going to do high ten. And God's, God kept challenging me. He says, you really want to do that with me? You really want to play games? So I said, I surrender. And after I surrendered, I started realizing the freedom I received in doing that. I'm not the same anymore. I don't care what you think about me. I don't. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. I, I care about what he thinks. So I jump around. I can tell you proudly, I'm a 50-year-old man. And I'll jump around and I'll worship the Lord. Some of you youngies in your 40s. 50-year-old can do it. What are you doing? Thank you for joining Life City Church, and we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at lifecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at lifecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. 
If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.